Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. I am already dreading listening back to this part on the edit. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I have so many ex-boyfriends that want to talk to you. I have to say, she's big, in the words of um, Wayne. Um, so... <laughs> Maybe she said, let's put slightly less cocaine in it. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello and welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. Today we are joined by the director and founder of the Vagina Museum, it's Florence Schechter! Florence, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Not bad, not bad. I've sort of accidentally drunk a couple of glasses of wine before this. And um, <laughs> how do you do it accidentally? Does it that, just like fall yeah, in your that's mouth? That's like when my kid says that she accidentally fired the gun at my eye and not the wall. <laughs> so they have this toy gun now. It was in the magazine, and it was a dumb idea to buy this magazine. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. We'll get them reading. They'll do some reading. Yeah, they read do this. 
They'll shoot me in the face with a gun. Okay. <laughs> so was it called like NRA Kids? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I should have spotted that. It's t- but you can't focus on every detail as a parent. It's really hard. I know something <laughs> slipped by. <laughs> I love the idea of a kid that buys a magazine for the articles. Like, <laughs> not the toy. I have to admit, I was that kid. I was like right. insufferable. Oh, I was. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, we have only one question on the podcast, and that is Florence. Tell us, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Well, <laughs> I have, but I want to. I was thinking about this, and I wanted to tell you a story about the time I thought I was a victim of a crime, but it turned out I wasn't. Okay. Um, yeah, I know, because it has like a happy ending. So I was trying to think of like a funny story and all Good my stuff. stories were really sad, but this one's funny. So basically a friend of mine wanted to go shopping. So we were like driving to Brent Cross and uh, we had to stop for petrol. And it was like one of those pay at the pump things. What you need to know for this story is that I am extremely forgetful and absent-minded. And um, I paid for the petrol. We drive to Brent Cross. I pick out some clothes that I want to buy. I go to pay and I look in my bag and my purse isn't there. And I like immediately, you know, when you just like have a flashback and I was like, oh no, I know exactly where my purse is. It's on the pump at the petrol station. So we like drive back, drive back and it's not there. It's gone missing. And I'm like panicking. And I thought, oh, maybe, you know, the person who works at the petrol station picked it up for me. Yeah. 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 Or something. So I went to the store manager and uh, they were like, no one's handed it in. I'll check the CCTV because there's always CCTV at petrol stations. Yeah. So he, he watched it and he came back and he was like, so someone did pocket it. Um, a few cars after you, a guy, he came out, he saw the purse, he, he, he took it and he drove away. When you call the police, here's the number plate, here's the make and model of the car so you can wow. tell them. And um, I was feeling so bad. And then I looked at the make and the model of the car and this guy drove a BMW. And I was like, what does a guy with a BMW need my like five quid and my super drug <laughs> card for? <laughs> like, yes. uh, so I-, I was just feeling really sad and whatever. And I drive back home um and then my dad's there I live with my parents at the time and he's like Florence have you lost anything recently Uh, and I was like what and he was like here's your purse and it turned out the guy he looked at my driving license and you know you have your address on your driving license he saw he saw it was around the corner he goes he drives to my house he says oh I found this and my dad is like oh my god thank you so much can I like make you a drink or can I reward you and he was like no no you don't need to it's completely fine don't worry about it and he goes on his way Wow. What a night. That's lovely. I needed a nice story oh. like this today. This is actually great. That is balm for the soul, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> People are mostly good sometimes. <laughs> now I'm going to have to completely reevaluate what I think about people that drive BMWs, though. <laughs> it's I a complicated world, Hannah. Solidly a in, in a shining BMW armor. I oh, know. He, he, might, he might have been a chauffeur. He might have been one of us. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's so nice. Because I did think, I thought to myself, yeah, of all the things that you can lose, your wallet is the one that somebody, they sort of very much make a choice. They have not a choice, right? Yeah. Mm. I always wonder yeah. what to do, whether you should. I feel like the thing to do is to hand it in at the petrol station or, because I've found things on tubes before mm. and I've like handed them in at the 
think, sure, guys, I guess I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend did that once. He found he found a wallet on the street and he handed it into the police because he like tried to look at the cards, you know, to see if he could find the person on Facebook or whatever. And um, he couldn't find the person. He typed in their name to like Facebook or whatever because it's so much easier to like not deal Ooh. with the police. Um, and it was clearly somebody who traveled to London to make it even d- more difficult because there was uh, like other currency and there was exchange receipts. Oh, and wow. so he hands it into the police and they're like, okay and then he learns as a law uh there's literally a finders keepers law in the uk oh, and wow. he, and if nobody claims it after like eight weeks he's entitled to it and so he called them up eight weeks later being like did anyone claim it and they were like no so he went and he got 200 quid out of it oh, oh my god do you do you take on all their debt as well though that's all the time yeah <laughs> That just yeah. smacks of colonialism. It's like, well, I guess we ought to extend the way we do things to everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> it feels like quite a Tory rule. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, so mean, nice when people are good, though. That I, that just reminded me that I once um, lost my UK driver's license in Paris, and I was just like, okay, it's gone. Like, it's on the metro somewhere. I don't even understand where the metro is. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way I will ever see this. So I got back. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to get a new license. And then I received this lovely email from this woman who had, because the great thing about your story is that the address actually matched up because my driver's license is like five addresses wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's been accurate forever. So she looked me up on Facebook and like somehow found my email address and posted it to me and didn't want any money or anything. And it was just... Nice. You know, that's nice. I love that's really nice. Moments. You guys, there are at least two nice people in the world. We've got two. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone else? Guys, I'm going to make it three because um, oh my God. I lost my wallet at um, Waterloo Station and I dropped it and I didn't realise until I was like in Portsmouth on the boat to go back to the Isle of Wight mm. that I lost my wallet. That's mm. quite far away from where you dropped it. <laughs> it was pretty far. It was, you know, several hours later. And then I just thought to myself, and it was about a week later, I thought, you know, I'm just going to ring Lost and Found just in case. And I rang them and, and they were like, oh, we'll go and have a look. And they were like, oh, yeah, Hannah George. And then read out my address. And I was like, oh, my God, you found it. And it had the yeah. £20 still in it as well. And at the time, that was so Man. much money to me. And like they, I mean, it still is, you know, it's, it's not no money at all. And um, someone had handed it in but hadn't left their address because I wanted to thank them. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'll pass it forward. Um, which is the only reason I ever do good things. So. <laughs> <laughs> when you do good things and you leave your address so that they can thank you. <laughs> I guess that's the I equivalent. I expecting something return. <laughs> yeah, just in case the flowers, this is where I live now. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, weirdly, like our next question is often, what would you say to that person now? And so what would you say to this great guy? <laughs> This Aww. rich, nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be like, mate, thanks for shaking by the hand. Be like, when my dad offers you a drink, you take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's the only part of the story. I'm like, dude, have a drink. Like, <laughs> yeah. a cup of tea or something. Give her a chance to meet you. Sound yeah. you out. <laughs> But you'd gone shopping though. Your dad probably knew that it could be some time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, not without your wallet, I suppose. <laughs> no, I love the idea of parents being really creepy about that though, and being like, "No, you stay here." 
<laughs> we have to thank you. And like yeah. a week later, Cause, cause this guy brought your wallet back. The dad could be like, how did you really get her wallet? I don't trust you. Stay there. I need a description for the police just in case that's not how you got her wallet. <laughs> like, oh, but, yeah. then, but then why did he take it and then give it back? Like he had an attack of consciousness. Yeah, mm. that's so true. Yeah, The Cynic's right. Guide to Parenting. Mine doesn't work. <laughs> I always remember how much I fucking resented like writing thank you cards, which <sighs> is so out of order. Like when you're a kid and like my godparents would send me like a fiver and a card, which was so exciting. Yeah. And I'd mm. be like, oh God, I have to write like seven words on a piece of paper. That's so annoying. We didn't even position. have to mail them because I was the same way. I'd be like, I didn't even have to put it in the envelope, probably. Like my parents had to go and physically mail it. Like I had the easy job. What yeah. a friend. Mm. It's like, Hannah, do them a drawing. You like drawing. Not like this. <laughs> it's like I'm being forced to. Like I'm being forced to express, um, express gratitude. Like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And Feels creativity weird. doesn't work like that, Mum. It only comes to me in flashes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That was actually really nice. Yeah, that was a, a really heartwarming story that we all needed to hear. I'm glad we all we all need it in these times. A few nice we stories. Well, and speaking of cynicism, I didn't, I couldn't, genuinely couldn't figure out how is this going to end well. Like, no, it's not going to be BMW. <laughs> this has a sad ending. Like, I couldn't even come to the like. He took it to your house. So yeah, we were. He probably looked at, a little of that out. Uh, he pro- he probably just looked at my purse and. And you know how you can like tell what a person's <laughs> life is from their purse? And, and he probably was like, she needs us more than me. <laughs> oh my God. It's worth me doing this. <laughs> uh-huh, but there was a moment. An insult if somebody gives you your purse back. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, oh, oh, I don't want this. How dare you pity me? I would have been fine. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Today, we are talking about the life and inventions of Hedy Lamarr. <gasps> yeah, yeah, I thought you might know oh. exactly who she is. <laughs> that was my first question is, do we know Hedy Lamarr? Oh my God, she's like an icon. I love her. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, we've got Florence icon. knows. Katie, oh my do God. you know? I do not know Hedy. I feel like once a few more facts have been revealed, I might be able to go, oh yeah. But at the Taylor? moment, no. Oh, I mean, this is so lame that I forgot in the first place, but I remember because we always tell each other just the name or like a clue of the case. So we don't repeat them or don't like do them at the same time, blah, blah, blah. And so when you put it up, I had seen a Facebook post about her. Oh, my God. And she's really awesome. And I can't even remember. She had, she's basically invented Wi-Fi or something, right? It's like something crazy like that. Oh. Yes. So, Florence, I will I'll come back to you. And then, obviously, I'm going to... Um... Florence is so excited. It makes me happy. She's like, yes! What I'm going to do there is, I'm, let's just all... Yeah, let's let's talk about it. And then, obviously, like, um, my question about what did she invent, Taylor's fucked that. So, um, <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely fine. Because it is one of those cases where, actually, people do know about Hedy Lamarck. She was so famous. But, Florence, go on. Tell us. Tell us more. Oh my god, she okay. So complete sex pot, sexiest woman alive ever. Um, uh-huh. Extremely intelligent. She didn't invent Wi-Fi, but she invented like a technology that was needed to make Wi-Fi. Right. And was also involved in like missile tracking or something. Ooh. And then she's also a movie star, and she was Jewish, so one of my brethren. Um, <laughs> and she, I'm pretty, I can't remember this exactly. And you'll probably know this in your like notes and stuff, but. 
she was like in these really sexy scandalous movies in like Czechoslovakia or something before oh, she went to America well, and really? so she's already like a very scandalous woman yeah. um, and yeah. she's just the best Oh, yeah, she's cool. such a she's such a cool woman. It's so like when I found this story, and there's also like you know I've got some stuff that we're going to talk about today, but like there is so much more to Hedy Lamarr than the stuff we can get. I love how next. sex positive she sounds. No wonder she invented Wi-Fi. She's like people need a yeah. way to stream. <laughs> <laughs> we have a right to whatever we need to get us going. Yes. Yeah, so, so she looks we, glamorous so like just that one picture on the post the, wow where, where she's like leaning like this the classic one amazing she's got her hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i love getting this insight too she's babe in the words of um wayne and um, so <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't know his surname what's wayne wayne's world wayne. surname wayne <laughs> you said that like it's like nero <laughs> Caesar and Wayne. You should just know. (laughs) I've never called him just Wayne before. Oh my God, he does. I bet at some point I knew his surname and now I don't know. I have no idea. Well, write in, listeners, let us know. So yeah, Hedy Lamarr was a Hollywood star in the 1940s and dubbed the most beautiful woman in the world. And she was also an inventor. So first question, do you think she was taken seriously and given all the respect and kudos (laughs) as the male inventors of the day? What a funny question. (laughs) Oh no, oh no. You know, I I have the same answer to this when people ask me like, do you think vaginas are still stigmatized in the world? And why do you think that is? And I'm like, well, so there's this thing called the patriarchy. Don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's just something we've been doing for a bit. Oh, dear. <laughs> exactly, yes, it is. Exactly. By the way, Wayne Campbell. Oh, thank you. Of course it's Wayne Campbell. And Garth. Oh, Garth, wait, Jennings. I've got it. No, who's Garth Jennings? Garth Jennings is Garth the Algar. Director. He's Algar. Garth Algar. Okay. Okay. But yes, yeah, it really, it's a comedy question because it's so stupid to even think for a second. Oh, okay, so I was going to go on a limb. You could be the most sensible woman in the world now and they're still going to treat you like shit. So of course they treated like a really lovely, sexy lady that was super clever like shit. Of course they did. So we'll start at the beginning. Um, And Hedy Lamarr was born Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler in 1914 to Jewish parents in Vienna, Austria. So as a child... She showed an interest in acting and was fascinated by theatre and film. Um, And at the age of 12, she won a beauty pageant in Vienna. She also showed an interest in inventions and the way things work. What do you think she did as a child to sort of help her pursue that interest? She did a particular thing. The inventions. The inventions, yeah. Um, Radio building? Radio building. Oh, that's a good guess. That's very good. It wasn't one of those like magazines where it's like you get one part a week and you get to build like a you know like a ship to do those. Yes. <laughs> she bankrupted her parents because you yeah. like first one's ninety nine p, the rest yeah. is seven ninety nine a week for ninety four yeah. weeks. Yeah, build the final piece. I said puzzles because I was thinking of these um, really old school puzzles that my brother used to solve and they just take an incredible amount of strategy and patience. I think we called them tavern puzzles. They were like colonial Williamsburg (laughs) sort of what the kids did for fun. So I was picturing her just like, yeah, solving puzzles. Good show. But she, so she's a good shout Hannah, but I can see from your face that I'm so off. Whatever. (laughs) She's born in 1914. Yeah. So age 12, we're in the 1920... Yeah, we're in 1926. 
Um, Quick maths, guys. Thanks for your time. <laughs> <laughs> I said it and then I panicked and then I realised I was correct. So also the, the fact that she's involved in beauty pageants and stuff makes me wonder if her in, first invention might be related to that. Like, mm. oh, could be like a comb that's also a brush or something. <laughs> God, I hate myself. No, I love it. These are all like really, really good shouts. But what it was, is it was sort of almost more simple than that, is that she would have a mechanical toy and she'd take it apart and then oh. she'd put it back together again. Oh, so it was okay. just about the way things worked. Um, oh, that's good. So I was closest. So that's great. That's great. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a mechanical brush, by the way. <laughs> a comb that's also a brush. <laughs> it's a shoe that's also a sock. <laughs> I really wish I had that. That exists. Those. I'm sure it does. It's for babies. <laughs> I wish like I had one of those kind of minds when I was a kid because if I was going to take apart a toy, it would just be like throw it against a wall and see if it'll smash rather than <laughs> seeing if I can put it back. Still together. technically a science experiment. Thank you, yeah. Katie. I pulled Barbie's heads off and then would put them back, and then their neck was just never the same. It was always very, you know, stout. But it made me relate to her better. I'm like, that looks more like me now. So, yeah, anyway, some of us have cysts on our necks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and also her father would explain how things worked whenever he could and whenever she asked. She was quite inquis oh, inquisitive. Nice. Yeah, she really loved her father. Um, and she's quoted for saying a bit later, the brains of people are more interesting than the looks, I think. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. It's a great quote. And the I know because I've got both. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have had to say. Yes. Just by the way. As an expert on both. Yeah. Having yeah. lived both of these realities. In case you're reading this in print and there's no picture. <laughs> so however, her looks were being noticed. And aged 19, she got a part in an Austrian film called Ecstasy, which was subsequently banned. Why? Yes. Why do you think it was banned? Oh, or do you know why it was banned? We got intel from Florence. <laughs> yeah, it was like basically soft porn or something, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. I know. I just, I just love the idea. Like a lot of people, I think maybe don't realize that like porn existed before the internet. Yeah. And, and I just love the idea of like a black and white porno movie. It's just, oh, it's <laughs> titillating. <laughs> it is. Yeah. There, there was nudity in it. There was. It was an erotic film. Um, but the problem is for Hedy is that she wanted to be an actress. And actually, this being her first film kind of was scandalous. And, uh, oh, and actually, her she, back. Yeah, she, she was. She's not the she, first actress that's happened to. <laughs> no? Well, exactly, exactly. And it goes back sort of quite far that basically, you know, she said later that she was tricked into the nude scenes and she didn't know it was going to be quite what what they said it was going to be, which all uh -huh. kind of checks out in terms of actresses being treated, be it in yeah, Hollywood sure. or Australia. That um, happens now. Yeah. Oh, so, God, we haven't changed since the 1920s. Come on, people. No, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, so... Well, we don't name as many girls Hedwig, so... So Hedwig is like the is like a saint in Poland or something because is she used to be this duchess. Yeah, and she was like, she was all rich or, or maybe like Bohemia or something. I can't remember exactly. And she was really rich and then she had like a religious epiphany mm. and then she started only drinking water and her duke husband was so upset because water in like the medieval times was really unsafe and everyone oh. drank wine. So she had this like saintly thing that happened where she would hold a cup of water and it would turn into wine. And so that way she could like not drink alcohol, but also drink alcohol. Oh, wow. And she, she became a saint and they, <gasps> yeah, she's, she's now a saint. And um, there are all these like 
famous stuff around her and she's really important in Poland. Oh my God. We need Florence awesome. on every episode. So we can be like, I mean, this never yeah. happened. She'll be like, um, actually. <laughs> also, I mean, well, that's awesome. Thing. I mean, what I love the name is- Hetty though. I love it. Yeah. Also, the name of Harry Potter's owl is, uh, I know there's going to be people out there going, oh, Hedwig, that's... Gross. That's, no, a, that's no. an owl's name. That's the name <laughs> of an owl? It's an alcoholic how... saint's name. And that's okay. that is that the name of an owl? This is how little Harry Potter I've consumed because it's zero. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, I love that as a... Hedwig, I think, is that's a really a, cool name. That's so cool right. too, like, because we all hear about Jesus with the water and the wine, but we never hear about Hedwig. Yeah, we should talk about Hedwig more. Yeah, F- fuck Jesus, like fuck Jesus, he was cheating anyway. Let's hear about Hedwig. Yeah, I know she didn't have any parents who were gods, so yeah. she didn't get let into special school with all the God. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. She wasn't a legacy. She did it herself. She didn't so, try yeah. to come into a brush. <laughs> Just gonna keep coming back to that. <laughs> so basically, uh, after this film, she gets married to Fritz Mandel, a very wealthy weapons manufacturer. Oh um, boy! Dear. Yeah, who essentially keeps her almost locked up in this mansion. Are he we in the thirties now? We're in the thirties. Well, she's nineteen, so is she in the, she's not in the US yet. No, no, this is early thirties, and yeah. she's in Austria. Yeah, she's in Austria. This is. Pre-war, um, yeah. she's married to a weapons manufacturer, so he's about to make a lot of money, but he already had a lot of money. Um, and yeah, he's very jealous and controlling. Ugh. She described her life with him as being in a prison of gold. Oh, um, no. So after sort of a few years of this, uh, she escapes one night because she's not allowed out of the house alone. She's wow. not like, he is so controlling. They're having a dinner party and she manages to escape. How do you think she does it? <sighs> This could be an episode in itself, so I'm just going to go over it really quickly. During the dinner party? Yeah. I think she's, like, walking somebody to their car to say goodbye, and then she, like, waits till they're not looking, and then she jumps in the boot, and then they drive away. Nice. Okay. Mm. That would clue up with my only other idea, is, which is my dad, uh, sorry, my granddad tried uh, to escape from prison one time. Oh, wow. He, yeah. He was, so he was actually in a gulag for 12 years. And um, there was this one time he <gasps> tried to escape hell. it. And the way he did it, so gulags, they're all like in the middle of Siberia, right? And the yeah. idea is, is that if you escaped, you just have nowhere to go. Yeah. And it would be really cold. So they would transport them in like open-backed, trucks and whatever and so he literally just jumped off one of the trucks and like hid in a ditch for ages oh my god yeah they found him though but i mean it's fine like he lived so i lived so it's cool oh Uh, yeah i did i did put two and two together but jeez (laughs) that's amazing yeah so maybe she jumped out the back of the of the car she jumped out a window maybe she jumped out the bathroom window bathroom window we've got boot of car Tona? I was, because it's a dinner party, I was thinking you'd have so much visibility as the host, so it'd be hard to disappear unless you had a reason to go outside. And oh, I wonder I, if I she had pre- checked how the, the, the dessert is going. Oh, I'll be back in two hours. Well, I was just thinking like ref- <laughs> refrigeration. Mm. Maybe they had lots of bottles of champagne. Oh. And I know what I do is I put them outside on the porch. So maybe she's like, we need more champagne. And then she just had a, I feel like she'd have to have a getaway 
form of transport, whatever that might have been. Like somebody's in on it, maybe, do you think? Absolutely. This is not a spontaneous, like you don't spontaneously leave a dinner party. This is like, this is my chance to escape. Yeah. I've seen sleeping with the enemy. Okay. Like I know how this works. Yeah. (laughs) Don't put your ring in the toilet. Extremely (laughs) accurate film. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, (laughs) this is the part when you're like, Eddie, but she drugs one of her maids. So shit. Yeah. She's not completely in cahoots stole her uniform and escaped by bicycle with jewellery sewn into a jacket. So she has... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And this is one of those stories where there are many different versions of what Mm. she did to escape from this husband. Oh. Um, But this seems to be the one that they sort of keep going back to. The consistent one. For, for, For a very clever woman, you don't think she would have just like gone to one of her maid's wardrobes while they were busy working? Yeah, why the drugs? Do you know what? It's a, it's a great question. Um, and I'm not sure she's ever talked exactly about what she did. So there's a little bit of kind of, like I say, th- there's, there's a whole thing that she, she's been planning this escape for a long time, but she mm. does literally escape. She escapes into the night and she goes and she never sort of speaks to him again, presumably gets a divorce. This is a quote from her. She said of her marriage, I knew very soon that I could never be an actress while I was his wife. Mm. He was an absolute monarch, monarch in this marriage. I was like a doll. I was, I was like a thing, some object of art which had to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind, no life of its own. Yeah. So, yeah, she was That's probably... Awful. Yeah. Yeah, so she gets out of that, like, aged, what, 20, 21, goes to London, meets the head of MGM. She's the most beautiful woman <laughs> in the world. Goes to Hollywood. Loads oh of shit happens, but again... The 1930s, when you could just meet the head of MGM and get <laughs> yeah. a job, you know? <laughs> Literally. Well, that, that was the Hollywood golden era too, wasn't it? That's when they were making... Actually, no, it was 1939 they made The Wizard of Oz. But anyway... But it, I mean, it's I still very have her in, on the bike in the maid's costume too. So just like, oh, I'm sorry. And she just runs him down. He's like, hello, I'm driving <laughs> oh him. And it You're definitely a My cute. movie, yeah. The Maid on a Bicycle. <laughs> um, so yeah, she goes to Hollywood and she stars in all these movies. She's in like loads of movies that are nominated for Oscars. Like she's doing incredibly well. But around that sort of 1939 sort of time, she said that she didn't feel comfortable sitting there in Hollywood making loads of money when things were in starting to get into such a state with the rest of the world with World War II. Sure. And she wanted to do something to help. And so this is where the inventing comes in. So she meets and starts dating Howard Hughes, who as well as being a film director is like an aviation tycoon. Yeah. Um, and he invents a plane that's supposed to be like really, really fast, but it's, it's kind of not perfect. It's not that fast. So Hedy looks at the design and she thinks, right, we need to change this. So she buys two books based on two different animals that she thinks are gonna, is going to help her redesign this plane. What two animals do you think she... What books on? Well, it's got to be cheetah, right? A cheetah. But, but a, it is a plane, though. Like, oh, it's a plane. Oh, you think it's so? It's got to be birds, yeah, that, that's right? A good shout. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like a cheetah would help for planes. <laughs> ostrich. No. I was trying they to don't fly. And they, yeah. <laughs> they are really fast on land, though. Like, it needs a very, very tiny head and some yeah. long legs, and then we can go anywhere. So I'll give you that. It is birds. And then the other one is slightly more um, unusual. I'm trying to think. Oh. So probably like an eagle word. We'll put birds as a thing. It's not a bird. It's not a type of bird. We've oh. got the book on birds. 
one oh, of them. Bumblebee. Do they? Do bumblebees. They, okay. Insects. Maybe it's helicopters. What's the What's the insect that's it's technically not an a helicopter? It's <laughs> <laughs> like helicopters are not animals. No, no, no. no but there's um, an in, There's an insect or something insect. That, that the mechanics of a helicopter and this is, insect does it. Uh, oh, I don't know. Because because a helicopter exists in nature and then mankind copied it, but I can't remember. I mean, I thought like sycamore seeds, but I'm sure that's not. You animal. know what? It could be sycamore seeds. I'm thinking. <laughs> To be fair. Katie is having an absolute howler in this round. <laughs> was a, a fast insect, not like a fruit fly or something. I don't know. Well, I'll Dragon tell you what it was. Fly? Interesting. Mm. It was a fish. It was fish. Oh. Which seems properly random. Because like, of the fins. Wouldn't have got there. No, no, exactly. I thought. Wait, so um, one of the animals is a bird and the other one is a fish. Well, what she did is she bought a book about fish and a book about birds, and she. I am into... already dreading listening back to this part on the edit. I'm just going to put that out there right now and be like, "Can we cut the <laughs> animal she, stuff?" The bit where Katie thought a helicopter was an insect. Let's cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she put like, yeah, she looked at the fastest bird and the fastest fish and she looked at them aerodynamically, how they worked, and right. she applied that to the plane. Okay. And it worked. I don't know what those animals were, but that's how she got from that to, you know, actually designing awesome these, yeah, these new sort of wings of this plane. So Hughes was really impressed by this and actively supported her um, inventing. Yeah, um, helping him invent his fucking thing that he hasn't done properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. I'm pretty sure there's probably an aeroplane called the Hughes, but not mm. the Yeah, Lamar, where but... is her name on this? Anyway. No, very true, very true. I'm not sure with the, with the plane. Um, but he did put his team of scientists and engineers at her disposal. He said that they would do or make anything she asked for. He also gave her equipment that meant that she could work on her inventions in her trailer in breaks from being on set on her movies and stuff. So she was like inventing and oh, thinking wow. about this shit the whole time. So what she did next is she invented something. And I'll give you a clue. It was something to do with food and drink. And I'm going to take it's p- particularly to do with Coca-Cola. Is, and she invented something to do with Coca-Cola. To create... A twist-off cap. A twist-off cap? Okay. Oh, yeah. They didn't have those for a long time, though. They had the tabs forever. Yeah. Maybe she said, let's put slightly less cocaine in it. (laughs) (laughs) She is the worst. (laughs) Okay, we've got slightly less cocaine. We've got twist-off cap. Was it a more efficient way of making it carbonated? Do you know what? You're actually incredibly close. What it was, is it was basically a tablet that would dissolve in water to create a carbonated drink like Coca-Cola. So she wanted troops on the front line to be able to have Coca-Cola and things like that. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah, obviously they it, they couldn't sort of have bottles of Coca-Cola sort of to the front line and stuff. So she invented so barocas. I was right? going to say, yeah, it's like <laughs> Alka-Seltzer. It's a bit like... Like <laughs> well, this is the thing. It actually it wasn't a success, and she said herself oh. that it tasted like Alza Salsa, and it wasn't um, it wasn't good. It never took off. But again, sometimes I think like the inventions that don't work are really interesting. Like yeah. she was very much an ideas woman. She was like, right, wouldn't that be great? Let's see if we can do yeah. it mm. because she didn't necessarily do the 
the actual invention. Sure. Well, did did they try invention. coffee bags here? This is what it makes me think of. <laughs> they just decided one year it was called like Folgers Singles. If you just want one cup of coffee and it was like, but it's a tea bag. And nobody like, why? Why would you want that? <laughs> I remember that. Super gross. So it did come um, over here. Some, mm. Sometimes you just have to believe in it. Like, did you know that when they first started selling pads, like way, way, way back, many decades ago, no, no one bought them um, because everyone who worked in pharmacies were men and they like people didn't want to like buy something from them that was like about Ooh. menstruation. It felt super weird. Oh. And there was this like one ad man in America who was like, I know honesty boxes and so what they they set up little boxes next like on the counter and so you could like buy a pack of pads and just kind of discreetly put your money in there and you never have to like talk to a gross man wow. to, to and then pads wow. super it was for kotex everyone's buying them oh my god That's now where was that for hemorrhoid cream when i needed it <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what though i would have paid i would have tipped for no. that this, privacy. We need a documentary about this. This is amazing. That's really, I just to say, I mean, I feel, I feel bad because... It's I mean, the, the invention of pads is amazing. It's so good. Honesty boxes these days, it's just for like honey or jam or like on a, mm. on a country street. Um, <laughs> Where I live, there's, you can buy vegetables and you have to leave the exact money. And it was an honesty box, <laughs> but then someone robbed them blind. So now there's a CCTV <gasps> camera. Oh, oh shit, that completely like ruins the idea of an honesty box. Semi-honesty box. You still have to leave the right money and put it in the thing, but there's a CCTV camera in case you don't do it. <laughs> oh, that makes wow. it far less quaint. <laughs> I know. It gets posted straight to the, the village Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> a mob violence. Orwell's Orchard. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So the other reason as well why the um, the sort of the Coca-Cola tablet thing didn't work was actually like in different states and in different countries, like the water was different. So it just meant that actually, Not even her fault. No, no, no. It was just stuff that sort of came up that was like, oh, okay, this is why this won't work. But World War II was in full swing and things were looking bad for Britain and America, particularly due to the fact that the Germans had found a way to block radio signals from control centres to remote control torpedoes. So this is what Florence was talking about earlier, is it's the basically her, her big invention. So basically, if you fire a torpedo um, and you're guiding it to like hit a German boat, the signal that you were using to guide it could just be jammed. And that means that the torpedo would just... So you're going blind, off, going, you can't yeah, see. Yeah, 
It would go in a different direction. It certainly wouldn't be absolutely spot on. So this was a problem and no one knew what to do about it. Step in Hedy Lamar. She invented something called frequency hopping. Now, two questions for you. What do you think or know that frequency hopping yeah. is? And why was this type of invention in Hedy's wheelhouse? Why was it something she was good at? Well, we know it's for Wi-Fi, like elephant in the room. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually it goes on to sort of like, um, yeah, yeah, to be the basis of what Wi-Fi is based on. Is it? Oh, it would be so beautifully poetic if she knew this because she picked something up at her first husband's house, the arms guy, and she like used it against him. Oh, Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's because oh she, she was married to an arms dealer. So <gasps> she kind of, she knew, she, she'd listened oh, wow. in at these dinner parties and... And of course, this is why, like, Babe. at the time, she was also accused of being a spy and that actually she just heard about this technology. Oh, wow. She didn't invent it at all. But this technology did not exist. This was mm. something Oh, my that... God. Go, Detective Florence. <laughs> I, know, I, mean, I, just, I just wanted to hear about a woman fucking over a man who abused her. You know? like, I just wanted it to be true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, and it was... Um, so basically, frequency hopping is a very simple idea that instead of remotely controlling a torpedo on one frequency, which is what they were doing, um, which can be hacked, you just keep hopping from frequency to frequency so to they frequency. They can't hack you. So by the time they've worked out what the frequency is, you're, you're already done. on another one. Wow. So it's like when you switch between like WhatsApp and Facebook and Twitter DM. <laughs> so that like, you know, like people looking over your shoulder can't read the conversation. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like sometimes whenever I see headlines about WhatsApp is used by terrorists because it's so secure. And I'm like, thank fuck I say some awful <laughs> shit to my friends on WhatsApp. Um, thank goodness. You know, I've just explained to you in a, a few sentences what this technology is. So instead of going to um, Howard Hughes's scientists and stuff, Hedy actually goes to someone else. She goes to somebody else in the creative industries and says, look, this is my idea. How do you think it could work? Who do you think would be a good person to go to for frequency hopping? Definitely the sound guy. Every single sound guy I've ever met has been like the most competent person in the world. Ooh, sound sound woman as well, but I don't know how many there were in the 1930s. Because they were being blocked because of whatever. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm jumping on that. Um, okay. Yeah, I like that. Taylor? Yeah, my head went to anyone that works in radio, radio engineers. But yeah, on the entertainment and, side, I just feel like she'll and, pull in a favor from like, Oh, she she knows the MGM crowd too. Like that's who she knows. Mm. So there'll be a sound person that she knows. Well, you're sort of you're close, but exactly, it was her friend, a composer and pianist, George oh. Anthill. Yeah, and the thing about being a pianist is that so they created a prototype by synchronizing a miniaturized player piano mechanism with radio signals. So basically, it is it's kind of like a little tune. So if you're playing a tune, you're sort of sort of going to different frequencies, you're going to different notes. And if you were playing this tune and also the torpedo is playing that tune, then they can kind of meet up. That's kind of okay. so what she wanted to do. Version. I now have this image of like a missile going through the air going Boom. Yes, it's gone very Kubrick. But yeah How I learned to love the bomb. She, yeah, she basically, like, there was all sorts of things that she used, like, matchsticks and stuff just to sort of show where the different frequencies would be. They did 88, um, they did range of 88 frequencies, and that's because there's 88 keys on a piano. Um, 
so, I mean, it was genius, really. And weird that no one had sort of thought of it before in the sense that these, you know, these they were just going on one frequency for the mm. whole time. This is what happens when pale, stale male people are in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the thing. So they drafted designs for the frequency hopping system and they patented it. Very nice indeed. So far, so good. They, they took, whose name is on it? Well, it's it's Hedy Lamar's, or her. It was her Christian name on it. Hedy Lamar and um, George Anthill. Um, and George, they, the sound guy. Yeah, the yeah, the composer. Yeah, so it was the two of them. <laughs> Katie was just automatically pissed off. There, who's George? <laughs> <laughs> know him they just pulled him off the street they're like we need a guy on this though (laughs) come on you can't open a bank account let's get taken seriously that's true they took the invention to the national inventors council um do you think they picked it up do you think they were like yes this is brilliant and this is 1939 (laughs) yeah it's probably like 1942 by now or something oh okay bit later but i mean oh, wouldn't they be like this is going to help the war yeah i was thinking yes because this of, is because thing. of that they saw the it's potential really, i'm sorry taylor what were you saying no that was it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like but but i mean we have a history of being ignored like did you know mary curie her husband pierre curie was also a scientist and he actually gave up his work on x-ray crystallography to help her out because he recognized that all the work she was doing was like way more important than what he was doing so he was basically like her assistant and then when the nobel prize came out for like the discovery of polonium they actually were going to give it to him and uh there was like this one swedish mathematician who was a bit of a feminist and he was like guys we need to really give it to her and they ended up giving it to both of them (gasps) can't just give it to her oh my god it's like edinburgh Edinburgh fucking hell nothing changes it's john robinson hannah gasby (laughs) (laughs) oh shit Apparently, that it was technologically too difficult to implement. And at the time, the US Navy was not receptive of considering inventions coming from outside of the military, even if it was going to like save all these lives. Wow. Um, Egos. Yeah, mm. it must be. Because I was going to say, it's so hard to call because it's like, is this this brilliant lifesaver they've been waiting for? Or is it like, fuck no, we're, we're busy with the war? Well, yeah, and another reason that they um, sort of didn't want it is because she was an alien. She came from Austria, so they sort of they didn't, didn't really trust her. trust her anyway because Hitler's from but Austria. and you know, After the-, the war, they got all the German scientists they could, though. Yes, uh, they did, not that NASA? Yeah. All of them were Nazis. Whether they wanted to or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, undoubtedly, because she was a woman. I mean, that's not sort of like officially what Let's it not says, rule but... out sexism and pretend this is the Clinton campaign. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, indeed, she asked if she could join the National Inventors Council, but was reportedly told that she could better help the war effort by doing something else. What do you think she was told she could do? Being hot. <sighs> and dancing for the troops. I, I don't even... Morale. You know I, I bet they said, you can, you can join if you have a beard. Oh, can you not grow a beard? Oh, that's just a coincidence. <laughs> Sorry. It's just this weird technicality. You have to have a beard. Oh, is there some reason you can't? Oh, I don't. It's nothing, it's nothing to do with sexism. Oh, it's no. about beards. <laughs> I can I can grow a beard that's one hair. <laughs> it's just it's right there. Every so often it comes out. <laughs> I've got like three because I've got three moles. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was told to use her celebrity status to sell war bonds. Basically, that's what use she was. Bonds? It was 
Bonds, yeah. Just basically a way of financing the war by selling oh, okay. bonds to people. So she did it. Um, and in 10 days, she sold approximately $25 million worth. <gasps> yeah, which is over $350 million today. Oh, that's oh great. They're like, why don't you sell Girl Scout cookies? And she like... Yeah. Sold the whole company. <laughs> she's like great. better than the Kardashians who have just become billionaires. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all fake money though. Like they don't have a billion pounds in the bank account. Yeah. I could have a whole rant about how money is fake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't today. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, like Hedy's angry about this. She wants to be. She wants to be helping. She wants to be using her brain yeah, and not just her looks. Her. Um, but she basically, after the war, she gets on with her life, unaware that her painting and her invention has been classified in, this is apparently a category, the red hot category. I don't know. Wow. But, so the technology she invented... <laughs> the rising first... stars, movers and shakers of patterns. Oh, yeah. we're going to have the catwalk today. Frequency of being. 30, under 30. Um, <laughs> so apparently the technology she invented was first adapted years later in 1957 to develop a thing called a sonar boy. Um, sounds like a superhero, but it's not. It's basically was used in anti-submarine warfare. Um, and later, at the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, an updated version of her design was installed on Navy ships. They've kind of gone, oh, shit, OK, no, this is huh. properly a good idea. And, you know, as we said earlier, the, the technology has now gone on to help invent things like Wi-Fi and GPS and Bluetooth because it's all about sort of secure networks and stuff. Yeah. Um, so basically, her, you know, this patent has been, it, the invention's been used twice. It was out of patency for... Um, oh, what is that? 70 years? Like what is the cutoff? The Creative Commons. What? what public Domain. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it wasn't a very long time, basically. So it was. Um, was she still alive? When... Yeah, she was no, still alive. Only like ten or twenty years, I think. And they were like, "We're oh, sure. <laughs> this, and your shit to her." I'm just yeah. laughing because we sometimes talk about we don't really get heckled at live shows. People will just shout out facts, and that just sounded like <laughs> a heckle, like public domain. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Took me right back Someone... to the fringe. It was lovely. <laughs> But basically, it was in um, uh, patency or whatever you call it. Oh, my God, I don't know. In hey, 1957 <laughs> with the Sonar Boy. But by the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was out of, like, copyright or whatever you call mm -hmm. it. Okay, um, yeah. So how long do you think you have to sue for patent infringement uh, before it doesn't count and you're just... Sorry. Oh, it'll be something shit like 18 months, but let's say five years. But, five years? Well, I don't know, because it depends on, like, especially in American law, they like to help companies more than individuals. So, yeah. like, patent infringement is something that's going to hurt companies more than help companies, I feel. Yeah, okay. So I bet it's, like, something, maybe it's something ridiculous, like, 150 years. Like, okay. I'm suing on behalf of my grandfather, who is the CEO of this company. <laughs> See, I like that, but, like, they also know... About lifespans, it's got to be seventy. Like, if they're going to go like, if they're going to go long term, they've got mm. it's like the Kennedy files. They get open probably in our lifetime, but it's seventy years since he died, right? Like when they finally open this thing, mm. it's going to say who did it. Like it's got to be something like that more surely. If I'm going to say go two long, years. Two years. Okay, so we've got quite a big breadth here. <laughs> Minus um, five. My final answer. 
I thought you said minus five. I was like, wait, you had to do it before you <laughs> filed the I mean, I wouldn't put that past them, but that is not my <laughs> So <answer>. bureaucratic. <laughs> so it's six years. At the time, it was six years. I don't know if it's still six years, but Hedy didn't know. She didn't know her stuff was being used, <laughs> you know, her invention. Well, they're not um, going to tell her, are they? Exactly. So she was entirely uncredited for it. Um so, I mean, my next question was, what is frequency hopping used for today? But we know, which is great. So Bluetooth, Wi-Fi and GPS. Eventually, Hedy Lamar and George Anfield were recognised for their contributions to all these things. But it wasn't until like 1997. So this is a long, long time after the war. Very, and when did would, she die? She dies in 2000. So she dies oh, so she gets, She enjoys the recognition for three years. She does, but what's kind of really sad about this story, and it's coming to an end sort of now, is that in the last sort of 20 years of her life, she kind of lived as a recluse Mm. because she basically, like, so there's a great film that I watched about that's called Bombshell, the Hedy Lamarr story. And basically it just tells you about, there's all sorts of stuff to her. And then she was, you know, hooked on the sort of Dr. Feelgood injections, which were essentially heroin, the same sort of Judy Garland sort of stuff for her to sort of produce more films. And then basically, as she got older, she lost the beauty and then just was just like, I'm just not, don't want to be seen in public. She was the first woman to receive the Invention Convention's Bulby Nass Spirit of Achievement Award, known as the Oscars of Inventing. But she wasn't there to accept the award. She didn't want to be seen in public. Oh, Um, man. What year was that? That was in, I think that was in like 1997. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, and basically, as a six year old, I would have gone up to her and given her a hug and been like, We don't care how you look, Henny. She just, oh, I feel really sad on her behalf. If only. I know, it's really sad. It's, and it feels so close, the fact she died in 2000. That's yeah. weird about it. And also, like, she had lots of plastic surgery. <gasps> um, but also, the thing that she did, which was quite kind of like interesting, ever the inventor, is she was like, no, I think that what you should do is you should cut there and pull here and <gasps> that's how it'll look better. And it did for a while and people were like, I want what she had. And she sort of invented oh. her own plastic surgery. Oh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's mad that she was always looking at better ways to do things. Wow. Um, but unfortunately, some of, you know, she, she just went too far with it by her own sort of... Um, I was trying to make a joke about like, what book about what animal would you buy to help you with that? And so I just had a good... <laughs> Solid three to four seconds, like, what animal has its skin stretched around? And then I gave up, but I wanted to show my work. So there you go. And she died um, looking like a helicopter. So, (laughs) no, she didn't. She, um, (laughs) what are we? We are, so yeah. So basically in 2014, Lamar and Anfield were posthumously inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Mm. but this stuff, you know, happened so many years later. There was no monetary reward. She wasn't actually acknowledged that yeah. she'd done all of this stuff. Um, so and she didn't pe- live to see Wi-Fi either. No, she, no, she did. would have been around in two- yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she would have been around in 2000. Did they have Wi-Fi? Okay, I didn't have Wi-Fi in 2000. I had a wire that I had to plug in. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's true. And the beep, 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 beep. Oh God, that sound! I'll never <laughs> forget that sound. But like our children will have no idea what it is. I, I know when you were talking about frequency hopping, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was my first internet provider in college. <laughs> <laughs> so, last question: If the patent hadn't have run out, how much do you think her invention would have been worth today? Oh God, so much money! Mm. Like seventy million. How do you even measure it? 17 million, I wouldn't even. Yeah, because I mean, if you're thinking like 
that it's used for Wi-Fi. Like internet is literally a human right now. Like mm. every everything we do, there is not a single industry that I don't think uses doesn't use Wi-Fi. No, in some but way. also, like, but Tim Bernier's Lee gave it away for free or whatever his whole deal was. So, like, yeah, but he was a man. He got the credit. Like, he didn't need his it. name is on the project. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, obviously, it's kind of she invented the, the thing that like led to Wi Fi. That was made him able to go. Oh, it's free, everyone! It's free. But she, but she did make everybody um, able to sort of. Like... It's like she's the one that financed the Milky Bar Kid. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> one hundred billion dollars. People that get it. <laughs> yeah. So Taylor's saying one hundred billion. Dollars. I like to just yell out words and numbers. <laughs> That's how I play. <laughs> um, so according to the film, the bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story, um, they estimated it at $30 billion. Sorry, I went way over. I, I mean, I did that Price is Right thing where it's like, well, this sucks now. I but you're yeah, closer than me with my $70 million. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Way to um, undersell the internet, Kate. <laughs> I will give you ten dollars. There are Marvel movies that cost more than that. I know. I got confused about what point in the internet's history we were talking about. Also, it's so impossible to know. Like, at what point do you, you know, at what point is would they get any money for it? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, guys, here is to Hedy. Oh, here's to Hedy. Hedy, what a babe! What a babe! Drunk women solving crime. I've got some. Patron shout outs to do. Taylor, but take it away. I almost just let you go on to the listener crimes because I I did these very hastily and it's um it's pretty absurdist. It's it's very weird. I'm just gonna do it. <clears throat> Let's do it. Yes, please. <clears throat> I'm not gonna do any explanation. This is just time for our beloved patron shout outs. Thanks for supporting us on Patreon. We always appreciate it if you can. If you can't, by the way. That's no problem. You know what the best thing you can do for us is? Word of mouth. Tell your friends if you like us. And give us reviews. Anyway, you guys are great. Oh, boy. <clears throat> oh, my Good God. evening. I'm Jennifer Blobworth, and this is Absurd News. A person known only as Demi has been found gallivanting around their own home, wearing just clothes. Witness and neighbor Scarlett Murray stated that Demi's behavior seemed completely normal and probably was. Wichita police are unable to comment at this time as the investigation is ongoing. Meanwhile, Emily Allwright, by the way, these are the patrons' names hidden in there. She got a list of your name. There we go. Of Tupelo, Mississippi, got more than she bargained for when she purchased granola from an unlicensed dealer. The ratio of dried fruit to grain was a whopping 27 to 1, which is more than 27 times the federal granola guidelines. The scandal has once again prompted calls from the public to crack down on the state's thriving illegal cereal trade. However, head of the Mississippi Granola Task Force, Emma DeVries, explained that the team had suffered from recent budget cuts and that anyone in the general public can, quote, make its own granola. (laughs) (laughs) I've literally been working on a script all day and my brain is so fried. Were you eating a bowl of granola when you wrote this? (laughs) No, I have no idea where that came from. Can we see it? (laughs) 
A recent spate of bank robberies in the Tampa area have prompted local detectives to resume their search for notorious burglar Hannah, a.k.a. the Butterfly MUA. Hannah is known for using butterflies disguised in clown makeup as both a distraction technique and weapon during thefts, which are thought to have cost the city over $400 billion this week alone. Newly elected Chief of Vice Kate Kate admitted that several leads had already gone dry, admitting that some police had mistaken moths in clown makeup for Hannah's butterflies. And heading north, Detective Sam C. of Hershey, Pennsylvania, proved that dogs aren't just an asset to the force, but also great dancers. A violent polka (laughs) crime ring was uncovered thanks to Robbie the Schnauzer's undercover moves. Meanwhile, San Diego native Vicki Wilkinson was recently awarded a Medal of Honor by a conservative action group for turning in a bootlegged copy of controversial erotic thriller Detective Debbie does mojitos to police. When asked why she had made the decision, Vicky explained that she cares greatly about copyright law. And finally, enthusiastic <laughs> podcast supporter Ben Fordham surprised wife Debbie with a special shout out on the popular true crime comedy podcast, Drunk Women Solving Crime. I'm Aww. Jennifer Blobworth, and this has been Absurd News. Hey. I can't even play the outro again. Play the outro. What the I'm... fuck was that, though? Like, what was that? I love anyway, you. we love you guys. Thanks for support. Too. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> Welcome to my head. It doesn't really make sense, but it's mine. It's all mine. (laughs) (laughs) I've just started watching Twin Peaks, and this is reminiscent. I'm just started watching Twin Peaks. Finally, started watching it. Only on episode two. I have so many ex-boyfriends that want to talk to you. I was like, (laughs) I mean, that that show's so much older than I even want to know because I was like eight or nine when that came out. Like it is ancient, but I definitely could have written for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man yeah it's 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 bonkers but also like doesn't get bonkers until like the third or fourth episode mm-hmm. i was watching it going like this is like Broadchurch. this is nothing <laughs> i was like okay it's got weird things were really slow back then stuff. But, like, nice. oh my anyway. god let me know when you get to the bit that the simpsons have done they can be like oh my god let's talk about that simpsons episode anyway continue <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i did i shouted simpsons in the middle of it i've got to it <laughs> guys we've got just enough time for a listener crime so this is from jane and ironically, this is all about a helicopter. I promise you I haven't just like, pulled this out of nowhere. That's great. It is. She says, Dear Drunk Women, years ago I went to a music festival. So did we all, years ago. Oh, On the dear. first so day... Long ago. <laughs> first day there, my friend and I found a great stream in the woods, a 20-minute walk away from the festival campground, which we trekked to through farmland. We returned to swim again all the following days. On one of the days, we noticed a helicopter flying above us, high above, but still obnoxious. The next day, when we were in the last field closest to the woods, the sound of a helicopter returned. Again, an all-black helicopter, this time very low, hovering just above and behind us. We took off at a sprint to the tree line. We were definitely freaked out, but when we no longer heard the whirring, we swam about as usual, then headed out. Upon cresting the hill out of the woods, directly ahead of us, the helicopter sat in the middle of the field waiting for us. The windows were tinted so that we couldn't see in, not even slightly. Suddenly, the helicopter's engines switched on and the helicopter lifted straight into the sky. It tore upwards and off to the right and away. I believe this was stalking by a helicopter. Who was in the cockpit? Can you please help me solve this crime? Thank you for all that you do, Jane. What festival drugs did you do? (laughs) 
<laughs> so what year was this? She said a few years ago. Did it? Is this in the States, by the way, or is UK festival? Like, oh, I don't do we know. know. Just because black, black helicopters mean different things in different countries. Okay, because you know what? Like, mm. if it was like 1999, it could have been Oasis making a music video. Okay, okay. So, but actually, it could just be like dropping off clients, right? It could just be. Yeah. Could yeah, be. like they need to, um, you know, like how some celebrities don't like being mobbed by fans and stuff. They have mm-hmm. to like come in the back way and whatever. And she could have just been, maybe they were like following her to make sure that she wasn't trying to stalk them. And they both thought they were stalking each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it could well be. I think that solved it. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. They're doing a more expensive version of stalking from a helicopter. Those swimming women are coming closer yeah, again. We, we can't trust the swimming women. We need, to, <laughs> we need to keep our celebrity clients safe when we drop them off on the helicopter pad. I only say that it might be um, the, you know, the artists going to the festival. Because I remember, because like, the, at the Isle of Wight Festival, no, it was actually a festival, I think. And I can't remember. Anyway, point is that they would bring people over to the Isle of Wight on helicopters, like, you know, the, the headline act. But apparently, I don't know whether it's Snoop Dogg doesn't like getting on helicopters, but he got on the red funnel. And everyone was like, fucking Snoop Dogg is on oh, the red wow. funnel ferry. <laughs> yeah. That is And there awesome. is no, like, VIP section of the red funnel. <laughs> 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 but I just love, yeah, I love the fact that, you know, you've had Bowie has done the Isle of Wight Festival, you know, yeah. 15 years ago or something. And you just think, did he, hovercraft? How did he get there? Like, yeah, was that a helicopter? Was that? Teleported. It's the only I mean, way he travels. <laughs> yeah. Some celebrities don't like flying. Like, you know, that really famous story about Sean Bean on uh, Lord of the Rings. They, he had to do some filming, like, on the other side of a mountain or something, and they were going to do helicopters like over this mountain in New Zealand and he hates flying. So he hiked the whole way in full Boromir yeah. costume. What? What a nutter. I He's do think a secret I... badass. Wow. <laughs> he didn't have to be in the though. costume. Come on, that was a choice. <laughs> that was a choice. Yes. Very <laughs> The only I mean, other thing I could think is, was it a really protective festival because I was thinking of helicopter parenting like was it the helicopter parenting oh. festival and they're like there's some girls <laughs> swimming there's a strong current and they're just sort of following them really around. committing to the metaphor yeah, yeah it, oh, it was <laughs> like, if you really wanted to protect women we'd all have to have a helicopter above us the whole time yeah. which actually fucking do it because that, that would wasn't... actually that would still solve it be like you can't rate me there's my helicopter <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> Um, so I think on that note, basically, every single woman should have a helicopter, is what I'm saying, I guess. Isn't oh, that abusing insects, though? <laughs> <laughs> um, Florence, oh, tell dear. us, where can people find you? Tell us everything, yes, everything that's going on. what are you up to? Oh, my goodness. What am I up to? Uh, well, you can find me personally sleeping and on Twitter. Um, Twitter is <laughs> Flo Schechter. I, I realise that's difficult to spell, but my parents didn't anticipate the invention of social media when naming me. Um, <laughs> but it's F L O S E H E C H T E R. You can find the Vagina Museum on Twitter and Instagram with Vagina oh. underscore Museum. Okay. On Facebook with V Museum because Facebook was like, Vagina's a naughty word. Oh, and then, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then, 
on TikTok with vagina museum with no underscore because when you put the underscore in, it like says, oh, it's vagina is a bad word. But when you don't put the underscore in, it, they get tricked. Oh, oh, realize. Like, museums are good, I guess. I mean, this that anecdote alone into the world we live in. This is incredible. Oh my God. Yeah, that anecdote alone is why the vagina museum exists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you can like visit us in person, hopefully really soon. Yes. Uh, with, you know, I don't know when we're going to open exactly yet because of the rules and the COVID roadmap and sure. stuff. But if you just like go to our website or go to our social media, it will probably say there if we're opening and when. Yes. And also, if you're listening to this in like 2025, like, I hope everything's great. Like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> go to the Vagina Museum. Go to a music festival. Yeah. Invent frequency hopping. Do what you Lick somebody's eyeballs. Go yes. for it. You've got to live. Do it. And, 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 but also, still do please marvel at how Facebook wanted to censor vagina, but not race hate. Yeah. Wow. I know. And yet, so believable. <laughs> Sorry, I brought us down. Let's end on a high note. <laughs> Someone say something great. BMW stands for bring my wallet. Am I right? Hey! <laughs> Thank you for Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>